Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative, and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nakubo In Brief. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I am so pleased to be joined today by Ruth Johnston, Associate Vice President at the University of Washington. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Well, you gave a popular talk at the Nakubo Planning and Budgeting Forum on your university's Transforming Administration Program, or TAP. So we've invited you on the show today to discuss it with us in this particular forum, and I would love it if you could start out today by just giving us an overview of what TAP is. Sure. Uh, Last spring, uh, we had our president, Michael Young, leave to go to Texas. And an interim president, our current provost, Anamari Kause, was put into the interim position as president. She's since received the full-time position, which we're thrilled about. Uh, But in Getting into that position, along with the then senior vice provost, who became interim provost, a lot of shuffling in the last 10 years mm-hmm. here, uh, we have um, found that we've in some ways been neglecting our infrastructure, our ability to support the academy and getting their work done. Anamari and Jerry have both been here uh, most of their careers. And while they're incredible in terms of their academic prowess, um, they also have been academic administrators for so many years so that they know what the service levels are and what central administration does. And as good as we try to be, there's opportunities for improvement. So they, along with Paul Jenny, who is the senior vice president, decided to create this thing called Transforming Administration Program and ran the idea by the Board of Regents in the spring uh, to say, you know, I think we need to spend some time and energy really looking inside to figure out how we can better support the academic missions of the University of Washington. So that's where it was born. Um, At that point, the regents were extremely excited about the idea. And then a group of people were put together to try to work this out. So it's led by Mary Lidstrom, who is our vice provost for research. And it includes members from uh, senior members from vice, from student life, from College of Arts and Sciences, from the president's office, from the provost's office, and uh, Paul Jenny, who's the senior vice president. And then I'm kind of the, um, me and my support group, Organizational Excellence, try to help make all these efforts kind of real, whether they be projects or overseeing progress with other things. We have a lot of activity going on, which I'm excited to talk to you about. So what do you hope to achieve with TAP? With TAP, we hope to drive down costs in terms of central administration. Most important, though, we're trying to increase service delivery value to our schools, colleges, and units. The the biggest goal is one administration, one university with enhanced service to the campus. So how do you do that? Well, you can do that by reducing waste. You can do that by improving processes. You can do that by redeploying. You can do that by kind of shuffling the deck. There's a number of different things that you can do, and we have um, several different categories of activity. But basically, in the end, it's to improve our service to our campus and to drive down some of our central administrative cost so the money can be better placed where it belongs, which is in the academy. So speaking of campus, talk a little bit about how your campus 
campus is involved, your faculty or senior leadership and staff and students, just how, how are they part of this process specifically? Well, to start with, we did a campus-wide survey asking people what they thought needed to be focused on. We also asked them what they thought was going well because we want to learn from best practices. So the campus um, in the late June had the opportunity to respond to a survey. The survey responses were not as big as we hoped. We had about 250, but they were completely con- um, consistent between the academy and the administrative areas. And that pointed us to things like service delivery needing to be improved. Um, it also pointed us to the need to communicate more effectively, to be able to uh, transmit information more effectively. So we used those survey results um, to, first of all, talk to campus. Then we went out to various, whatever group wants to talk to us, we're talking about TAP, to to both help them understand what we're trying to do, but also to gather ideas from them in terms of what needs to be improved. We did a particularly focused um, retreat with the Board of Deans and Chancellors, asking them their top three areas for improvement in central administration. We did the same thing with the key school college unit administrators. And we also have on our website, and I wanted to mention that any of the listeners who might want to go to the website can find that at HTTPS colon backslash backslash tap tap dot uw dot edu you'll find everything that we're doing there pretty much at least at this point Um, and we have on there an improvement form so if people want to submit an idea for us to look at um, then we can get um, ideas from that but probably more importantly of the currently I think we have 24 projects underway discrete projects with beginnings and ends and timelines we expect that all of the projects will include a team of people and that that would be a campus-wide team including customers of the central administrative area that we're trying to improve so it's pretty broad-based um, aside from the website we have articles um, and writing that we do in our university newsletter and we're trying to get out as much as we can Talk a little bit about uh, one of those examples of, of one of those projects that are currently on the site or underway. Well, one of the ones that I think is kind of most interesting is um, called uh, GIS, so Geographic Information System. Mm-hmm. When we got a group of people together last spring and and tried to understand what was going on. So we found out that there's at least seven different places that hold space data on our campus. Um, our facilities people, our police, our environmental health and safety, our space allocation, it goes on and on and on. And as a result, we do not have a complete picture of our space and what's in that space, whether it be fire extinguishers or hazardous chemicals. So we put together the team and we received um, great response to actually consolidate and streamline so that we'll have one place for people to go to get accurate data. That's one. Another one that's exciting to me, but it's also related to space, is that at this point, campus, we have been able over the years to go to real estate or go to capital projects office who builds buildings, go to facilities who does remodels, go to classroom scheduling, go to our, our space allocation office and ask for what we want. It could be to build a building or it could be to remodel something. But basically the customer has been put into the place of having to decide what it is that he or she wants and then find the office that he or she wants to go to and get what they want if they've got the money to do it. 
Well, that's not very strategic and it's actually not very smart business in terms of having to have the customer shop around for what they need. So we've put together a group that we call the uh, Strategic Space Team. And what they're doing now is creating a one-step portal so that those requests can come in one place. That team can review those and then come up with the best solution for that dean or uh, administrator. Those are some great examples, and they are quite interesting. You can see how this would be such a benefit to any university system. How is it seems like a project like this could go on forever. I mean, it seems like there might always be things to be working on and improving upon. Is is that the intent or is this a limited project? It, we call it a program on purpose because it's it's not just a project. It's not just an initiative. So we we expect that this will go forever. <laughs> um, uh, with our new president in place, um, I believe that she intends to stay here uh, for the rest of her career and with her support and the provost support. And basically, the senior leadership is all aligned that this is an important thing to do. Our state, like many states, suffered from pretty dramatic budget cuts and of course, as a result, uh, services were diminished, and it's now time to improve those services. Uh, the other thing is that we have legacy systems um, in our computer systems, and we're just now starting to look at replacing um, our 35 and 40-year-old systems with a um, enterprise solution. That's a very difficult thing to do when you've been so decentralized and distributed as we have. So that those are two big ones that are on the project list, and those are multiple-year projects. They're not going to get done in a year, it's probably going to be more like three to five or seven years. And to that point, how are you tracking progress? You have this website, so it sounds like there's a a forward facing aspect of it. But is there anything else that you're using to track progress? So that's, it's not on the website yet, but it will be soon. And it's called our scorecard. Hmm. And we have all of the 24 projects and they come and go, you know, we do complete a few of them and then others go on. And on the scorecard um, is included, first of all, the categories. So for example, restructure or gained efficiencies, improve service delivery. A few others that we have are using data for decision-making and technology. Uh, we have um, managing big projects. Within those are the projects. And so, for example, under restructure, we have one called Streamlining Internal Communications. On the website, there's a description of what each of these projects are. On the scorecard, it says who the sponsor is, if there's support from the organizational excellence staff, what we consider the project size to be, so small medium or big, the priority, so high, medium, or low, uh, when the next check-in is. And so that's to add some discipline to make sure that we're actually making progress. So every month we look at the scorecard. And of course, we only just started this, so we're learning as we go. Uh, The type of project that it is, the status. So if it's going well, it's green. If it's in jeopardy, it's yellow. If it's stalled, it's red. We also have some on there called blue that are not started. And then we use purple, which is one of our school colors to say that it's done. We have a little uh, section called status details. And then we have something that's pretty interesting called the change phase. So we've created a seven-step approach to change. Those include um, assess, design, recommend, decide, pilot, test, or implement, 
evaluate, adjust, or maintain, sustain. So it's the life cycle of a project. And we're asking the sponsors and the organizational excellence staff to say, where in these projects are you in the change phase? So for example, uh, well, let's see, maybe look at the, create the one entry point for space requests that I mentioned. That's in green and it's in stage five, which is print, uh, pilot, test, and implement because we're actually trying to do that right now. And then there's others when they're completed that are going to be, for example, in stage seven, which is maintain and sustain. So it's a way for us to put some discipline in and to make sure that we're actually making and tracking progress. Got to love to see those green and purples, right, coming up. Yep. (laughs) And how's it going so far? What's the response been? Well, people are really excited. Um, I'm afraid that we're not communicating it as much as we'd like to. This is a really big place, Um, but we're trying and we're getting better at it. Um, Basically, when I go to the schools and colleges to talk about this, almost all of them, this would be in dean's offices particularly, they say, we need to do this too. Mm. So I'm starting to see a cascade of people who see that it's happening at the top, actually believe it's happening. Uh, We heard one anecdote not long ago that someone said, well, while we had the interim president, the interim provost, we didn't take this seriously. But now that they're in permanent (laughs) positions, or at least we're hoping the provost will be sometime soon, um, he's still interim, that we're taking this seriously now. So that's a good kind of statement. Uh, I think people are believing that they need to do something. For example, the provost in the request for budget material this year asked people how they align with TAP. So they're being held accountable through the budget process as well. Um, I, I think it's really pretty positive. But like with anything else, if we don't do anything, people are going to get skeptical and say it was flavor of the month. But I believe with this administration that we actually will be doing the things that we say that we want to do. And are you doing this all internally or do you have a consultant helping you? By and large, we're doing it internally in terms of the management for TAP, in terms of most of the projects. But the big ones like the systems enterprise, we have consultants who are helping with those. Mm-hmm. We've chosen Workday as our um, implementation for HR payroll, and we have a number of um, different consultants who are helping with that, as is predictable. But most of the other ones, the self-generated, like the space one or uh, centralized servers, um, which is one of them, uh, making recommendations for organizational changes, those are all being done internally, partly because we have the staff who can do that. Um, I've got my doctorate in organization development. I've been here at the university for 35 years now. On my organizational excellence staff, um, there's a couple PhDs and most of them are MBAs. And the provost last summer decided to centralize the support for change. And so uh, various places moved their staff into organizational excellence. And we now have 17, if you will, uh, people who can help with change. Half of them are devoted to HR payroll, but the other half are helping with these projects and other kinds of strategic planning or process improvement or leadership development all over the university. Sounds like you've got great internal resources there to get this done. Yeah, we're not anti-consultants. That's <laughs> I mean, we've talked um, a lot to uh, Bain over the years mm-hmm. to see what they're doing. Howard Teibel uh, frequently works with us, um, and I keep in pretty touch, uh, pretty close touch with him. Um, so we do bring consultants in and out. We also have something called uh, POD, which is our Professional Organizational Development Consulting Alliance through our human resources area. So if we don't have the resources, obviously we're going to go find them because even 
at 17 with a campus of, you know, 55,000, we're kind of limited. You said you're learning as you go. So what have you learned and what advice would you give to others who are considering tackling this sort of program? Learning, first of all, the TAP team itself had to agree on goals and principles. And so building a team was critical. This can't be done by one. And it can't be done by just a, uh, a couple people in the same area. It needs to be broad-based. That's been important. Um, engaging our deans is critical, but also as important is the key administrators in each of the schools and colleges, because we learned clearly, and it's not surprising at any other school, that the information flow all, doesn't go always as nicely as we'd like. So we actually put into place that President's Cabinet will communicate with Board of Deans and Chancellors, which will communicate to the Administrator's Council, and then all other ways as well. So we're working on that. Um, I think we need to be open to different perspectives. Uh, We think maybe we know what's best, um, which is not unusual for anybody, (laughs) but that's one of the reasons to go out and about on the campus to talk about TAP because you're going to get a different perspective from professional staff than you will from deans, than you will from some of our classified staff. The other thing I would say that we need to be doing is benchmarking. Other universities are doing amazing work, and we've been really good about looking at their org charts and talking with them about their process improvements. Um, University of uh, Wisconsin-Madison is very forward on this. UC Berkeley is very forward. There's good work at Davis and Fresno State and University of Virginia and Cornell, and we want to learn from each other. And we're very active in um, NCCI, which is the Change Network in Higher Education, and try to get out and about and talk to our colleagues colleagues, both by phone and meetings, uh, looking at their websites. So I would say be as open as you can to the need for change. And we're reading all the books that we can too, you know, Transforming Leadership in Higher Ed or Checklist for Change by Zemsky. Um, we're trying to, to really be a broad-based um, effort. So if somebody listening to this podcast thought, okay, this is absolutely something we need to undertake, what what would you recommend the first step be for them? Well, I think because we're doing it and others are doing it, I would look around at peers and see what mm-hmm. people are doing to not have to reinvent the wheel. Um, there's There really are good examples out there. That's the first thing I do. I think the second um, I would do is get as well-versed in the literature as possible in the higher ed literature. But not just that, because other, um, obviously, other companies have been doing this for a long time, whether it be Total Quality Management or Lean or Six Sigma or whatever. Um, and then you got to get out to the campus and find out what really needs to be worked on. Senior leadership support is critical. doesn't happen without senior leadership support. Clearly, you can do it within your own unit if you can't do a university-wide effort. Um, but if you want to do something that's university-wide, you have to have broad-based support and the willingness to take the knocks when they come because inevitably when change happens, it's uncomfortable for people. The beauty of my job also is that I have university sustainability and business diversity. Mm. And I consider, along with organizational excellence or transforming administration, the three really strategic efforts that we have that cut across all three campuses, faculty, staff, and student, and our auxiliary areas. And as a result, because we're already going in and out doing these other things, we are able to build a sense of credibility and um, success in terms of getting things done. And that building that trust there is really hard. Nobody wants somebody to come in and say, hey, you could improve or, 
or, you know, you really maybe should be looking at this or that. You've got to build those relationships or it simply just doesn't happen. Anything else that I've neglected to ask about TAP that you'd like to share today, Ruth? One of the first things that we did was um, our own version of SWAT. So strengths, Hmm. weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And that kind of got us going. Um, That's what we presented to the Board of Regents last spring, a very honest look inside. And we basically really kind of turned over everything. And that's hard. It takes some level of um, risk appetite. And actually making these changes takes risk appetite. And you've got to have both the will as well as the good intent and really believing that your university can always be better in central administration, in teaching, in research, in all of the missions that we have. But in the end, central administration is support to the academy. And we need to be thinking about ourselves in that way rather than a kind of standalone. So that one university, one administration in support of the academy is kind of our our driving tag. Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for sharing your insights and this fantastic program with us today. Thank you. Stay tuned. I mean, as I said, we're not even done with year one, so we've got a lot to learn and a lot to do. More to come. Well, we'd be happy to have you back on to to talk about how that's going in the future. Great. Well, thanks, Megan. You can find out more about today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nukubo.org. Make sure you also subscribe to Nukubo in brief in iTunes so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Ruth and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Nukubo in Brief. Mm -hmm.